Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Wyman. As mentioned by Big Voice Guy, Dave Wyman here with Paul Moyer and Michael Bumpus at the Snoqualmie Casino. We'll be here every Thursday night during the season. And right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is a great setup. I love it here. The Snoqualmie Casino is beautiful. They got great food at the restaurant. It's called Vista Vista. right across the way from us. And uh, in about 10 minutes. Nice people (laughs) up here, and it's beautiful out here. Is it not? Yep. Love it. What did you guys think about the the trade? I mean, it was kind of weird. All of a sudden, in in the middle of the week, you know, you hear that Nick Vanette, and, you know, I, I always think it's interesting when a team trades for a player that they just played against. And, you know, Nick Vanette caught that, that one catch against Pittsburgh yeah. down on, like, the 10-yard line, and he took a shot. I can't remember if it was he a did. safety or a linebacker. It was and a safety. Yeah, and he, he held on to yeah, the ball. and big play, too. Yeah, and so, you know, they had some injuries at tight end, so they traded for him, get, gave up a fifth rounder, and then, you know, and then they end up getting, uh, getting Luke Wilson. Well, we got, what, 37 picks next year uh, in the draft. I mean, it is remarkable how many picks we got. I, I thought it was, when I first saw it, I go, we are clearing up cap space to go after somebody. We're, this is a trade. This isn't just for a, a draft pick. Because I'm like, it's the middle of the season. I, you know, Vanette was a starter a year ago. You got this coming off a knee injury. We didn't have another tight end really on the team. I'm like, you you only make that trade if you're getting another player. And I kid you not, I thought we were going after Ramsey at that point. Me too. A lot of conspiracy theories going on there. Do you need Jalen Ramsey? We talked about this last week. Well, no. Well, let me tell you I talked about comparing him to the kids coming back to the house and leaving their dirty dishes all over the place. Yeah, look, he's kind uh, of peaceful right now, Paul. I got that. I get it. Look, I haven't studied him enough to make a, a strong opinion on that it's like three picks a year you know I think he's a headache you deal with i you mean you do deal I, with yeah i think it's a headache you do as long as he's not on that right, other guy coach. stuff that All other right. guy i'm All not right, gonna Monroe say his head name coach hey. uh, i'm gonna come and i'm gonna maybe get three picks you, for you you know and i for and the I, bearcats but i'm gonna cause a ton of problems hey you know and and with my coaching style and with pete carroll's coaching style i yeah. think they'd be able to to tame the beast a little bit and you come in and you 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 fall in line. This is Seattle Seahawks. They win ball games here. You want to win ball games, fall in line. Well, and I look at a guy like him, and this is where you do your research, right? There's a difference between being a strong personality. You know, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, strong personality, tweets about but inside the locker room he was fine until the last couple of years of his career when he thought he got too big for his britches, right? But I look at Ramsey and I go, if he's not inside the locker room an issue he's he's a he's an incredible talent if you can get a shutdown corner with the way we play our defense that's a big deal now do i think it's worth a first round pick and having to go sign a guy for a a gazillion dollars i I don't know all that stuff that's why you know schneider he he deals with that stuff but would i take him Uh uh-huh we don't draft in the first round anyway so (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) you mean we don't draft well no, we, 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 we trade dra- back. We trade, we trade. We trade back. Yeah. What do we got? Like 22 picks next year, right? Yeah, something like <laughs> that. I mean, it's a re- we a had four going into this year. Ended up with 11 or 12. Yeah. And then next year, I think when they looked at the uh, compensatory picks, we're going to have 14 or 15 picks next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and that's, that's the way Schneider likes it. I just, you know, I just feel like uh, a lot of coaches, I think there's a, 
Not you, Michael. Not okay, me. Because you're a head coach. But there's <laughs> a lot of head coaches, they, they have an ego that's like, I can take this kid in. Chuck had it. I'm going to make this kid right. He's gonna, I know he's a loud mouth out there, but I'm going to bring him into my system, and he's going he's gonna to thrive here. Dave, I know a lot of head coaches that have big egos, too. <laughs> well, they pretty much well, most Most do. Yeah, non most coaches. do. Yeah. Well, non, non-head coaches. Oh, and non-head coaches, too. <laughs> yeah. But, look, I, I just I think, yeah, you probably have a big ego. I mean, there's the NFL's full of egos. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I don't know. It's just been so nice and peaceful. I like playing this game. It's not really that fun. But uh, who's going to be the big headache of this group right now? It's all a bunch of nice kids that, like, I can't imagine Shaquille Griffin getting paid and becoming Richard Sherman. All of a sudden, you know, I mean, he's just such a nice kid. Malik Turner, I mean, the guy that we just talked to, they just all seem like, you know, Tyler Lockett, is he going to be a pill, you know, two, three years from now? I just don't see it. They've got such good guys. It's a Stanford thing. It's Sherman, it's Baldwin, it's and me And me, Wyman. do I fall into that category, Paul? You big ego. Yeah, you. well, well, how about tight end? We, t- we opened up talking about this. Will Disley, man, God. five touchdowns, in, incredible. and he got hurt in this game last year, so it would have been the fourth game, and I'll, I'll never forget watching him in that first quarter. He was dominating Chandler Jones blocking-wise, and there was a, a shot in the, the replay that we didn't necessarily see being at the game, but if you watch uh, the replay of the game, there was a ground-level shot where Cam Jordan, who I think is one of the best pass rushers in the league after having watched him, he was trying to get past Disley, and Disley was just shadowing him the entire way. He's got great hands. I mean, this guy could be, I don't know, you know, in the list of great Seahawk tight ends, what, there's Mike Tice, you know, there's... um, uh, we really Zach haven't Miller. Zach Miller. I know, but we I haven't had Miller. a guy for seven to ten years who was a pro bowler, right? We had look Charlie Young when I we brought him from yep, San Charlie Francisco. Young, right. but we we had him for a few years. It was you know at the end of his career. Mike Tice, you know, he was a steady blocker. You know, he caught as many passes as I had interceptions. Um, <laughs> you know. We just Zach Miller was solid, but he wasn't here. What for four years? Yeah, we just haven't had a guy that you say quick. Who's the number one tight end? Oh, and to yeah. me, it's going to be Will Disley. Yeah. He is the best blocker. He's the best route runner, and he's got fantastic hands. If he keeps this up, you know, you know, God willing, you know, he stays healthy. Will so, Disley looks more gonna... versatile than Jimmy Graham when he was here. Jimmy was great in the red zone, but. You didn't see Jimmy take a take a slant like he did last year, like Disley did last year, and wiggle and, and gain 50 or 60 yards. Granted, Jimmy was towards the end of his career when he was here, but when we look at versatility at the tight end position and after all the guys you just named, Disley's already in that conversation. Well, I'm oh, glad you bring up too. Jimmy Graham, too, because he was supposed to be the red zone panacea, right? And those two catches that he had in the red zone oh, against beautiful. Pittsburgh, yeah. I mean, one was against a zone, one was against man, and – just great hands. That guy was a defensive lineman at Washington. He's a small-town guy from Montana, converted, and was brought here to block. And uh, the the hands are a total surprise. And he can block. We already saw what he did to Devin Bush. You mentioned uh, uh, Chandler Jones last year. Yeah. I watched him a couple plays, you know, last week. It, it's When he gets a position on a guy, it's over. You know, so... He's a complete guy. I don't want to give him too much praise when he's listening right now because he's University of Washington. I want to keep him humble. But <laughs> he is going to be the best tight end in Seahawks history if he just stays healthy. Yeah, I totally agree. How about 
Luke Wilson, what do you guys expect from him? Is he going to be able to contribute right away? You know, Luke, I, I think he has more speed than he knows, and maybe in his older years he's slowed down a little bit, but he's always been a good tight end, and uh, it looked like he just got caught in kind of a numbers game down in Oakland, but I'm just hoping that he comes back here and in this environment and the way that they use him that uh, that he's able to stick around here for another couple of years. You, you totally great... skewed by the fact that I love the guy. Well, <laughs> you, you guys had a great interview with him earlier today on your guys' show, and he is funny, and I, the, the team is happy to have him back. I mean, he is just, you know, he's beloved inside that locker room. He's funny, keeps things light. Uh, and guess what? He can also catch, and he's a pretty good block. He's not a great blocker. He's just a little light in the, you know, the the butt there. But he's uh, he's he lighting the britches. He's lighting the britches. Yeah. He's he knows the system. They know what they're going to get. And I think with this Seahawk offense, you know, particularly with, excuse me, with uh, Pete Carroll, it's so important they know what they're good at so that they can focus on that. And I think you'll see Luke, he'll, he'll be as productive as he's been in the past. I think with Luke, you get more than just a tight end. You get a locker room guy. You get a leader. And, you know, you get a guy who's an ambassador of the, the organization. He goes on an interview with Dave Wyman, and that's the first time I heard him talking. I'm like, damn, let me get my kid a, a Luke Wilson jersey, man. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's more than just football when it comes to Luke Wilson. And then you add on that he does know the system. He is familiar with the area, you know. So I think this was a good move football-wise, but even a better move when it comes to just the, the big picture of the organization. You know, we had Mark Schlereth on today. Schlereth uh, was, you know, a multiple Super Bowl winner, offensive guard. I played with him in Denver. And the time, I only spent one year with him. I knew he was going to be on TV. I mean, he was the same type of personality. He's just funny and one of those guys that everybody wants to be around. And I know a lot of people think that that's corny. Like, I don't care if Luke Wilson's a good guy or not. You know, how many passes can he catch? But, But that kind of stuff matters, and it matters bringing the team together. It also, it sort of... uh solidifies the fact that they want this to be a group of good guys they don't you know so the jalen ramsey bringing it full circle there you bring in luke wilson not jalen nice close yeah there we go paul that's called a tease or (laughs) segue or whatever you want to call it all right coming up next on hawks live we're going to go inside the film room and look at three plays from last week's loss unfortunately that's next on hawks live Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9 live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, and Michael Bumpus and my two co-hosts are over there breaking down film like crazy. They're they're not even aware that a radio show is going on right now. But later on, uh, we're going to hear from Shaquille Griffin. He's going to be playing a video game with our own Taylor Jacobs. Do we know what kind of video game that they're going to be playing? Is it NBA 2K? Fortnite. Fortnite. They're going to be playing Fortnite. Yeah. I've always said that grown men don't actually play video games, but apparently they do. And uh, I have to say, I got caught up in a, uh, was it Game of, not Game of Thrones, there was some kind of a video game, and I was playing it, and it was on my computer, Age of Empires. Okay. And after a while, I realized, like, I could have learned a new language. I could have <laughs> learned how to play a guitar during the time that I spent, uh, you know, playing these video games. But the players like the video games now. They're not out getting in trouble. So what the heck? Come on. Well, let's, let's take a look at these. 
Word, Wordscape, got there? That's Wordscape. Wordscapes is our new one. Is home. that what you like? Yeah, you guys like playing that? That's All right, that's, that's a good video game. All right, let's take a look at some of these plays. The first one, Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett. Beautiful pass for an eight-yard touchdown. Russell looking that way. Now he scrambles. Now he's going to lay it up on the top. There is Lockett. He has got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tyler Lockett going inside and then back out along the back line of the end zone. And Russell, who can throw a dart, floats in a perfect eight-yard touchdown butterfly. And the Seahawks are a point away from tying it up. That pass in the corner of the end zone, you see college players, a uh, kid Jacob Eason at Washington. I always look, you know, that's a true sign of accuracy, I yeah. feel like, for a quarterback. If you can throw that, it's in the back corner of the end zone where the DB can't get it and only the receiver can. I always think, and that's like almost become commonplace for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Doug Baldwin made a living off of the back corner of the end zone, and they had a great relationship doing that. And it looks like Tyler Lockett is just, taking over the reins when it comes to that. And what I saw here is a trips formation to the right. That means there's three receivers to the right of Wilson Wilson. The Saints come out in a two-high defense. It could be quarters. It could be cloud, cover two. Um, who knows that at the start of, this, uh, of the play. And what Tyler Lockett does, he runs a hitch and sits down in between two linebackers. Now, he's the number three receiver, the receiver closest to the tackle. The receiver outside of him runs a post, which takes the safety over the top. After... Lockett runs the hitch. He then runs a corner. So now you're asking a safety to react to the post and get back to the corner. And Russell Wilson just drops a dime right over to the back of the end zone. The number one receiver, the receiver furthest away from Russell Wilson, just runs a little stop route, occupies that corner, and they drew this up beautifully. There was something during the week that Scheidenheimer saw that said, hey, this is how they're going to react to this combo, and they got exactly what they wanted. Isn't that exciting when you're a coach or a player where you go, I think he's going to bite on this, and then we're going to get this, and then for Russell, you see it happen, and you're like, ah, here it comes. Well, that it is. It's definitely a plan play that they saw, and it, and it's they're playing quarter principles. It, it looks like cover two, but the reason why it's quarter principles is both safeties take the number two receivers pretty much man to man downfield. Mm. The number three receiver that was Tyler Lockett, he hitched up. What? The safety, they took that number two receiver to the post. It cleared the, the safety out of the way. And it ends up There's, being like a backer on him, right? A, a backer ends up on the number yeah. three. If you were playing cover two, you would have, you would let that go. The safety would tr- play the true half. So they saw this is what we get when we get inside the 10-yard line. Because most you can't play cover two inside the 20-yard line. I cannot help you to the outside as a, as a safety. I can't get there in time. Mm. So... Really well designed. So anybody who wants a dog shoddy, that was well, really well designed. All right, coming up next is uh, Russell Wilson. Actually, on fourth down, he ends up missing Tyler Lockett. Similar route, same end zone, but on the other side. Russell takes the shotgun snap a little bit high. Russ, high throw to the far sideline and incomplete. Just over Tyler Lockett. Russ had to get rid of it as he was just about to get drilled. But Tyler Lockett got open. I was going to say, this is the same uh, concept right well, here. I it's mean, a little didn't different. Didn't end up with a linebacker same on idea, it, on this case. But, yeah, mm-hmm. sort of the same idea. And Russ doesn't miss these very often, even though it's a really difficult throw. Yeah, the tough part is they, they ran a stunt to the Seahawks' right. And, uh, and it looked like Chris Carson 
got confused on uh, who he was picking up. There was a middle linebacker at the time, yeah. and he looked at him and then realized, wait a minute, I have to go outside and pick up this guy instead. And by then, he, he was just laid on. He just played it wrong, and because of that, Russell got pressure. It was also the snap wasn't great. It was just off to his right a little bit. If it had been a perfect snap, if Carson had just sat there, he didn't have to do anything, just sat there and waited he would have had just the next uh, half second to make that throw, and that would have been a touchdown. That's a big play. That's one of those six plays in the game that's a difference maker. You know, you look at it and you go, well, what's the big deal? The big deal is if we just execute it properly, it's well-designed, that's a touchdown. Instead, we come away with no points. And it's a it's a fourth and five, and pre-snap alignment, Russell knows they're in man coverage. So he knows where he's going. He knows if he has just the right amount of time that this is a touchdown, especially because the safety comes out and he's pressing number three, the number three receiver, Tyler Lockett. So uh, you're right. If, if, if Carson picks up the blitz, if uh, Russell doesn't have any pressure, that's a touchdown for sure. Yeah, Russell on that play too, Dave. It just shows his maturity. I mean, he felt that pressure coming and got rid of it, right, and he got drilled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, maybe two, three years ago, he it, that's a fumble, um, the way that guy was coming off the corner. Russell, I'll tell you what, uh, I was going to say uh, with Kyler Murray, hopefully he's built as well as Russell because that kid's taking some sacks now. 16. 16, yeah. I read eight last week. Yeah, and that's second in the league. I think Mariota's taken a ton of sacks. He's gotten 17 or 18. But Russell, over the years, has been one of the top ten most sacked quarterbacks in the league, except for two years. So I think last year it was 51. So hopefully uh, Kyler Murray is built that way. Or maybe not, hopefully. We don't want him to get hurt. But well, man, you know, you're I don't know if I want to see him for 12 years healthy. Because <laughs> he, wait, when you good. guys see, oh, man, he is so quick. And he, he's got a good arm. It's a quick little release. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. But speaking of Russell Wilson's health, he got hit a couple of times in Pittsburgh. Where I was like, oh, and on this one, he uh, takes a two-yard touchdown. It was a read option play. He goes outside and takes a pretty good shot and scores a touchdown. Russell awaiting the snap. He keeps it. He's looking for running room outside. He's going to dive in. He gets there. Russell Wilson challenging Marshawn Lattimore on the near side, the quarterback. And he says, I'm going to take it in myself. And he does. As he doesn't wait, he just pushes in and scores from two yards out. Seattle now trailing 27-13, awaiting the PAT of Jason Myers. It's kind of funny, you know, Russ is not a big guy, but you see in a situation like that, you kind of think the corner should win. But Russ is a pretty solid dude, man. I mean, you look at him, I don't want to say he's stocky, but he's, he's well stocky. built. Yeah, and, he's you know, stocky. I don't know, stocky, doesn't that mean like maybe He looks like a heavy? fire. No, I mean, he reminds me of like, he's like a little a fire hydrant built, you know. I mean, yeah. he is, he's just well thick. Maybe yeah. that's, that's right. That's a great word. one. Yeah, there you go. He's thick, and I'll tell you what, he works hard, but... You know, and he just, you see him get up from some of these hits where I'm like, oh, no. And I saw him run this, you know, as the keeper. And at the, at the point where before he hit the corner, the corner hit him, I was like, wait, you think you can win that battle? Don't do that. You're going to get, you know, and then all of a sudden he's in for a touchdown. So, guys, very durable, very tough. And, you know, I, 
shows that the the read option and it sends a message to the rest of the NFL on that play that you've got to account for Russell Wilson. It, it was a bad read because <laughs> they have the, man. If he hands it off to uh, I think uh, CJ Procise, he walks in the yeah. end zone. Not that he knows that, but they had two guys sitting outside. Lattimore, who's a, a very good corner who can run, he he just he just moved in just a little, took one step inside. And what it showed me is, look, Russell can still run. And Russell is still, like I said, he's, he's thick. Is that what you said? Thick. Yeah. He's thick. Yeah. So well he's, he's a hard guy to, to bring down. And he pretty much outran uh, their corner there. Who he, he is, I think he's one of the better corners in the league. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Russell predetermined what he was going to do oh, there. Yeah. And I kind of like that. He goes, hey. Game's on the line. I got to make a play. I'll be the one to make the play, boys. Even though uh, Pro Size could have just walked in there, I like the mentality that, hey, I'm going to take this. No matter what this read is, I'm pulling it, and, and we're going to score. I like that we had uh, one play in there that I think this is the first time on Hawks Live where we've had inside the film room. It didn't a, work. One play that didn't work. But that's what happens in the NFL. That's our producer, NASA. Yeah. Well, I tell What's you what, every stuff? there's always something to talk about on every play. And that's the cool part about football is breaking it down at the end. And you wonder sometimes during the game, and for, like, Pete Carroll, he always says, you know, i don't, I got to look at the film first. And yeah. he's down on the field. You guys know this, been being down there. It's an explosion of activity. All look, these things going on. You can't really tell what happened. And then when you go and watch the film, it tells the tale. It's, it's never as good as you thought or as bad as you yes, thought either. You exactly. know, you'll be like, hey, I, I, I'll rip a kid. Man, you should have did this. You know what? Let me save this. Let's look at the film because I, I could be apologizing, you know, the yeah. next day. So I love that approach about Peeker. He knows. You, there's no way you can see. I always compare. There are 11 conver, or conversations going on on a football field at one time. There's no way you're going to pick up on all of them. Yeah. yeah, you know, back in the day, I used to record the games on VHS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would always watch before we went to film because I wanted to be prepared. And, you know, when you think things are really bad, you're exactly right, man. It, it's like you think it's terrible, and you're like, Oh, thank God it wasn't that bad. And then when you think you did great, oh, I missed a couple plays. <laughs> that so. wasn't as good as I thought. I yeah. had a, I had a big hit one time against the Giants, big. And and do you remember uh, Stevens uh, Stevenson, our offensive line coach? Yeah, Kent Stevenson. And he goes, Paul, that was the best hit I've ever seen. I mean, he was going nuts. They were all going nuts. Then the next day, it was a good hit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, he goes. Okay, it wasn't that good of hit. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it on film. I go, it was pretty good, but yeah. it wasn't that you know moment of the greatest hit in the history of football. Yeah, there you go. All right, coming up next, uh, as advertised, Shaquille Griffin's going to be an interview, basically, of, uh, of Taylor Jacobs, and Taylor Jacobs is going to play Fortnite with him. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Snoqualmie Casino. It's Hawks Live, and right now we got Taylor Jacobs playing Shaquille Griffin in Fortnite. Take it away, Taylor. Joining me now in Hawks Live Gaming, Shaquille Griffin. We're playing a new game, too, Fortnite, so we're going to be on the same team, which means I won't lose this time, which is the most important thing about this, but we're going to talk some football, we're going to talk some life off off the field, and we'll, uh, we'll get right into the game in here, so let's queue up right into the game. Big Fortnite guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm living some Fortnite, I can't lie, you know, um, go back home and get a whole bunch of people to join in, and go on night on Fortnite. So... <laughs> 
Are you one of the only people playing Fortnite in the locker room, or is there still a lot of guys playing Fortnite? Other guys, uh, you got me, you got my brother, um, you got uh, Clowny, you got Flowers, um, let's see who else. You got a pretty solid squad right here. Yeah, That's a yeah. solid four. Yeah, we got we got a couple people there. A lot of people, guys from you know, back home still play. Who uh, who runs it the best though on, on the Seahawks? The best? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Clowney is actually really good. Oh, Trey would say he's one of the best. I would disagree. Oh, okay. Well, we may have to have um, Trey on here and, and put his. Uh, we you know, we all can get on and do creative mode and kind of go against each other. So, oh, there um, we go. Yeah, so whenever we want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you figure out where we're dropping. I'll let you lead the way. Okay, let's figure out something. Oh. Oh, I Oh. I got it in there. Oh. This man. Oh. You were, you were, uh, you were. Oh, so oh, oh, man. Oh, what Quick one for us. That's right. Warm yeah. up. You play with your brother, which is such a unique situation. And I'm sure you, you did the media tour earlier this year. Everyone's got to ask you, you know, what's it like playing with your brother? It's got to be so cool. I want to know, as an older brother, what's the hardest part about having your brother on the team? The hardest? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you got to have a little bit of sibling rivalry here. You know, there's a little bit of that stuff as well. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We have our disagreements. I feel like that's the main thing. You know, this is a guy who I live with every day. So, sometimes we don't see eye to eye. I feel like that's the most, you know, difficult thing. But at the end of the day, you know, we still love each other and we, we figure out how to work through it. Uh, but besides that, you know, just knowing that he is his own person. So, I got to learn not to tell him what to do and just, you know, you know, kind of comfort him and let him know how to do things instead of making it seem like I'm just telling him what to do. So that's what I do, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking as in being the, the old brother. I feel like I was always that guy who had to, you know, do that for him. Right. But now, you know, him just let him do his own little thing. That's the part I had to work on. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so what advice would you give to older brothers out there? Just let your little brother grow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, at times you got that uh, older brother who want to be so overprotective. But after a while, you know, you got to learn, you know, for themselves, you know, and just trust them that they're going to do the right thing and, you know, that they can help themselves. So you play with a guy who's rated 99 on Madden, <laughs> Bobby Wagner. What's it like to play with a guy with the perfect Madden rating? Um, so I don't really think about that great one there, but I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah, I'm sure that doesn't cross your mind. But I mean, it's true. Like it's cool, you know, because um, you look at someone as such himself, and you want to be like a guy like that, you know, a person who's doing everything the right way, you know, he's been a, a great leader, you know, and even after this thing not rated, it's not like his attitude or his work ethic or nothing has changed. You know, he's still that same guy. So you look up to a guy like that, you want to have those characteristics. And, you know, um, I want to be a guy where, you know, you know we're in the league, doing great things, but you still become, you know, that same person you've always been. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the best part of playing with a guy like that because he's so humble and he's doing it the right way and he's continuing to show others how to do it. You know, it's just not, you know, taking in all this success and everything he learned to keep to himself. He's preaching to young guys and bringing everybody along. A true leader, right? True leader. Yeah. So it's that. awesome to be, you know, on the same team as a guy like that. What's the biggest lesson you've learned so far in, in the NFL? Just hold yourself accountable with everything you, you do, you accomplish, everything you do wrong. You know, just hold yourself to a higher standard. Um, I feel like I have to learn that this year. The first couple of years, you know, you're making mistakes and you kind of try to learn from it. But um, I feel like I was a guy who was so hard on myself that, you know, I didn't give myself any chances to really make mistakes. Because mm-hmm. you know it comes with the game of football. So get a chance to learn that. 
you know, it's just holding yourself accountable the right way. So um, I learned that the first couple of you know, years, and now year three, you know, I have the, the right mindset going into the game, I'm saying, out of it, just know how to complete myself the correct way. That's well, something I learned in the first couple of years, so that's great. Uh, what about TV shows? Is there anything you're watching when you're off the field? I know in the season is a lot more difficult to, to kind of stay caught up on all those things. I started watching uh, Game of Thrones. I had caught up with that, and uh, I watched it the whole every season. Yeah, in like two weeks. Whoa, like you binged day. it. Yeah, so one day I had like twelve hours. All right. So, what were your thoughts about Game of Thrones, the, the condensed version? It was good. It was good. The, the ending. Ah, that that messed me up. Yeah, the way it ended. I feel like it should have been someone more, but you know. Who did you? Who is your true king or queen? If you were in Westeros, who you bending the knee to? That's a good question. <laughs> Jon Snow. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel you can't go. Wrong. I feel like you, you two share a lot of similarities. Yeah. The nobility, just the way I definitely think he's an example. That definitely he's definitely a selfish person. Love that. Love yeah. that. That's a good answer. I would have thought, you know. Maybe we would have gone with, you would have been like, ah, oh, I really wanted uh, Khaleesi. Didn't want the Khaleesi. Ah, she's done a trip towards the end. That yeah. really messed me up. I know. Like her whole mindset. Don't get me wrong. Like when it first started, like when I was watching it, I was all for it. Like, right. That's, oh man, I feel like this is perfect. And then towards the end, man, she shot, she just she blew the lead, man. Yeah. You know, and I feel like the power and everything, maybe got to her head a little bit. Yep. It's just her thoughts and everything just it kind of changed. You know, she got coming, you know, being the queen, and, you know, it's just, I think it got to her. Yep. But uh, Jon Snow stayed true. He did. Yeah. So growing up, I've read in a couple articles how big of an influence your dad was. What type of a role model your dad has been in your life for you and your brother um, to be able to make it to where you guys are today? Um, been a huge role model. Um, you know, I feel like I try to imitate the type of, you know, like my dad put before us, you know, just being that protective, always, you know, putting the family first, and I and I learned that from him. So um, anything that I have accomplished is all because of, you know, the mindset he he put, you know, and my me and my brother actually. Yeah. So you know, having a you know a figure like that is is a blessing, you know, all by itself. But um, you know, he he's huge. He's a huge part of the, the success that we have because he was just a guy that was selfless. You know, that's the, the way I try to live my life, you know, the same way he taught us, you know, being selfless and, you know, putting the family first and whatever it takes to make sure the ones that you love, uh, you know, are in good hands or, you know, in no ways are okay. You know, and then after, you know, you try to find others, you know, not, it don't have to be just, you know, blood, flame, you know, blood family. Mm-hmm. It can be friends or people who just need help. He always been that guy to, to, you know, stick his hand out first, you know, to give the help that people may need. You know, and having a father like that is definitely a blessing. So great. Oh, right, let's get back into some football stuff. Secondary room, some new faces here. Uh, what can you tell us from your perspective about this secondary room? Young group of guys, um, you know, we, we still, you know, learning and finding our identity within ourselves. But, you know, you got some young guys who just hungry for you know, we're closer than ever. You know, I feel like, you know, this year, this group is, you know, spent so much time trying to figure out you know, where we come from, you know, our families and stuff, and just, you know, building that 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 brother type of environment within that, you know, that back in that group, you know, in that room. And I feel like that's the best part about this group, you know, just being close and, 
being relatable to each other. Mm-hmm. But like I said, uh, we're still looking for, you know, finding our identity. But, you know, you see it coming, you know, guys finding the ball now. And, you know, it's just the guys who are, some young guys who are hungry for it. Love it. And that you guys are all around the same age, so it kind of, you're all buying, you know, yeah. no doubt, no doubt about it. Oh, we got one of me? Put in. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, come on. There we go. We knocked him. Yeah. We knocked him. There we go. Oh, his, his buddy's on me. Ooh, I, there we go. Knock him. Oh, it's too long. Oh, man. I wish I had a shot. Oh. We're having some fun. I almost wish just continue, but we're out of time. <laughs> we're going to have to get the guys. We're going to have to get a big Fortnite group later on yeah, in the season. Yeah. We'll get the creator mode going. Yeah. And we'll see who truly is the best. No, okay. Shaquille Griffin, you see him on Sundays. You love him every day of the week, though. Thank you for joining me in Hot Top, man. Appreciate you having me. Hey, thanks, Taylor and Shaquille. Well, coming up next on Hawks Live, myself, Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Paul Moyer. We'll wrap it up and uh, maybe make some predictions about what's going to happen in the Arizona game. Seahawks heading to the desert to play the Arizona Cardinals. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus. All right, guys, going into Arizona. We've had a lot of success down there. Now, Arizona has been that stadium down there. I've suggested that they clear everybody out of there and that that building be imploded because bad things have happened there. Somewhat. Now, you got Will Disley got his knee injured down there. I don't don't even want to talk about Super Bowl Forty Nine. They had the ugly 6-6 tie. Three of the Legion of Boom members ended their Seahawk careers anyway down there. There was a couple of birds flown towards the Seahawks sidelines. <laughs> Maybe one or one two. One being Marshawn Lynch. I thought there was like birds inside the no, no. thing. I got you. Middle fingers. I, I mean, you. there's just yeah. been bad things that have happened. But you know what? All of that said, actually, um, since Russell has been here, he's only lost down there one time. And uh, they've got a tie of 11 touchdowns and one interception for him down there and actually they've had a lot of success down there i'd like for them just to open the roof i don't know if we've ever had it it's always been closed and it's you know one that they could open up that could change it instead of imploding it but uh, look we ha- we've had success they're I still not like the imploding I, d- I know um we they're not the same team by a long shot you know they're they're a complete rebuild right now they're they got Suggs and Jones on the outside. Suggs has gotten huge. I mean, he he when he came out of college, you know, he was he was lean and mean, and now he's like a body or a a, a power lifter. Is he a Sun Devil? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. but he was small Just coming like out of Paul college. Moore. Now he's 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 not a speed rusher anymore. Now he's more of a, a bull rusher. Um, they got a couple of guys, you know, uh, from University of Washington. You know, obviously Buda Baker uh, is there, but they they struggled defensively. Um, their offensive line not great protecting, but Murray is dangerous. He's a dangerous runner. I saw him run around a corner that I was like, man, I go, this guy's speed's ridiculous, or at least his acceleration to get the top speed right away. We should win this game. You know, we were a better football team. We got the better quarterback, um, but we can't make mistakes like last week, and that's, to me, the only issue. Last week, we just made the timely play we made mistakes on, and it, it cost us really six major plays. Yeah, I think this is the game where 
we will see Jamar a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should because they're going to line up with five receivers, that empty set, that air raid or whatnot. And if we don't see Jamar, then that really tells us that Ken Norton and Pete Carroll have complete confidence in that linebacking core with Michael Kendricks matching up on other guys. And this is a game we should win. Um, Kyler Murray's only averaging, last game he averaged about 2.5 yards a pass um, as far as uh, yards gain or what, which is crazy. And he threw the ball 40 times, I believe, um, completed 30-something. So what makes him dangerous is feet. He's going to get outside the pocket. He can make plays. But he doesn't look like a guy who's, who's arrived yet. He lo- looks like a guy who's going to rely on the Deacon dunk and ask his receivers to get yards after catch, and they just don't have the personnel for that. So this is a game that we should win, and I feel like we should dominate because offensively they're not going to hit us with anything we can't handle. And um, defensively, I think Russell Wilson is is in such a good place, he's going to be able to do what he wants to do. I think the emphasis needs to be let's get this run game started again. We've had one good week of uh, running the ball. Now let's let's get it going again. And this defensive line, Calamari was sacked, what, Four, eight, times? eight times? Eight times last game? 16 eight total. 16 total, eight times the last game. So now let's get Clowney, let's get Ansa going. Maybe Puna's back. I'm, I'm not sure if he's back or not, but yep. it's set up for us to have a good game defensively and offensively, and I, I just hope we do. Yeah, and I, I think last year I was looking at uh, the Seahawks running game was averaging 83 yards per game. And today we talked to George Fant on the huddle. I said, eh, maybe you guys are struggling a little bit, you know, getting it going. Like, there's not much of a rhythm. He goes, I think actually we're doing pretty good. Yeah, they're 110 yards uh, a game. And last year at this time, they only rushed for 83. So, And last year at this time, also, this was the breakout game for them rushing-wise. They ran for 170 yards. And uh, Penny had a good day. I think Mike Davis actually had over 100 yards. And so... Their defense is giving up 157 yards per game on the ground. So I would really love to see that get going. The guy I'm going to be watching the most closely, well, besides Kyler Murray, uh, is Chris Carson. And that he's able to have the confidence to come back. And I'm sure he can. he's a big, strong guy. It's just a matter of emphasis and focusing on keeping that ball close to his pads. There's nobody stronger on that team per pound, right? Yeah. So he should be able to get that done. It happens. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm more worried just that it, it just gets in your back of your brain, right? And you're like, don't fumble, don't fumble. You and know that, what, Paul? I was, I was comparing that today to uh, I went through a streak of missed tackles. And all of a sudden, it became a thing yeah. in my mind. And all of a sudden, it was like, I was missing tackles because I was thinking about missing tackles. And it, it's kind of a weird, just like you said, it, yeah. it's one of those weird things where it gets in your brain. You can't get rid of it. You know, the, the shame of last week is, is just getting behind 27 to 7. You know, 20 to, I mean, we just got behind so quick that second half, we, we didn't get to run the football um, because we had some, there were some really perfect blocking schemes where we busted Carson out. We had that 23-yarder, the one he fumbled. He had the one earlier, and they were blocked perfect. The way we were doing it last year, we got to the second level on the linebackers. Everybody was pinned perfect. So it's there. I think we're going to have a big day. We don't have to. If people want to shut our running game down, sometimes you can do it. Russell can beat you, though, throwing it. Yeah, I want to see who steps up offensively for the Hawks in the past game, right? So we have Tyler Lockett is the constant. DK stepped up a couple times. 
Uh, Turner stepped up a couple of times. Now David Moore is coming into his yeah, second game. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah. who's going to be that number? And Disley has, Disley has balled out a couple of times. So there's no solid number two. So I, I'd like to see, you know, who's going to solidify themselves as that number two guy. What do you hear about Penny? Is he is he coming back yet? Uh, I, I'm expecting him to be back. I was really disappointed that he wasn't ready last year, uh, last week, uh, because, you know, we talked to him after that performance in Pittsburgh, and, you know, he talked a little bit about the pressure of being a first-rounder, and, you know, that that is a real thing, and I think it got to him a little bit. But, man, that cut he had in Pittsburgh was so impressive how he almost, like, jumped backwards, got outside, and then he never looks like he's running that fast, but he's pulling away from everybody. So, yeah, I want to see him get going. But what do, what do you guys think about Ziggy Ansah? I guess he's a guy I haven't expected a lot from, but really he's the guy on that D-line that has the most sacks. You look at his, his resume, he's got 48 career sacks. Watched him, you know, he did mostly bull rush type of thing last week. And what do you expect out of him this year? Well, I mean, you called it. You you called it perfectly, uh, Paul. You said that he was going to play 15 to 20 snaps. I believe he played like 18. So it's it's hard to expect much out of a guy who you know is not going to be out there more. I would expect him to play a little bit more this week. But um, like you said, Paul, I mean, Paul's like, the guru when it comes to predicting you know stuff, what? I guess. Michael, I, I just want to warn you on that. You don't want to say that too much. <laughs> you can, I hear a I call lot like I of see praise it. of this, Paul Michael. He, he called well, it. Well, I'm just he saying, called it. Michael, you cannot say it enough. You're building a monster, <laughs> creating a monster. Just be no, careful with I, that. Can't expect much out of him. Yeah. I, I don't. Not no, yet. I. You know, I think we are. We are talking about is like it's going to take four to six weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just come back. Whether he's been injured, I mean, I, to have him come back the first game and, and even Clowney. I mean, I think the sixth, seventh game of the year, we know what we got now. Everybody knows their roles at that point. And I, again, I expect this to be a very good defense uh, the second half of the year. You know, one of the things I really liked that Clowney said was uh, somebody asked him, you know, how do you fit into this defense? I think we talked about this last week, but you know how what do you what do you see your role being and he's like you know i really i'm not sure yet because i just got here i thought it was a very thoughtful answer yeah. because you don't really know how you know once you learn all the nuts and bolts and insides and outs of the defense how they call a game you don't really know but hopefully like you said paul in week six or seven they get it going and uh and get a good pass rush going and start to play that Pete carroll defense better win this to. week because guess what a week from today century league we got the Rams, That's right. and we need Thursday to be three game. and one. You guys like like the Hawks this week? Love them. Yeah, yeah, I do I too. Do I think they're going to take care of business bang, bang, down there. Bounce back big time. All right, I want to thank you guys for listening to Hawks Live. I want to thank Malik Turner, Shaquille Griffin, of course Taylor Jacobs, who played video games with Shaquille Griffin. What a great job he has. <laughs> yeah, our producer do, Curtis do you want to trade spots with him? Yeah, I would. C. Raj back on the board. Our engineer Brenna Hutchison, promotions manager Jessica Kelly. Board operator Brian Shoning, and of course our executive producer NASA Choby. All right, that's it for us here. We'll talk to you next week on Hawks Live.